Having a troubled teenager can be one of the most devastating experiences any family could ever endure. But the troubles our teens might be going through, whatever they may be, always have residual effects, and a whole lot more than we might imagine. Havoc in the home, the guilt that accompanies our feelings of inadequacy as parents, embarrassment and shame that we can feel, whether false or genuine, when friends, extended family, and our church community are made aware of our situation, the legal costs so often incurred, property damage, time away from work to handle problems at home, marital problems, hospital stays, and more. These are all part and parcel of having a child with behavioral or emotional issues. So when our kids are out of control and we're out of answers, what then? We'll answer that question today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis and their families. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill and a man who's been waiting in this field of turmoil for the last 20 years, Mr. Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, it seems that really a disproportionate number of kids today are dealing with some sort of behavioral or emotional issue. I mean, everywhere we turn, whether it's parents or teachers, law enforcement, mental health professionals, even clergy, we're hearing the same concerns about the behavioral, the emotional, psychological, and spiritual welfare of today's young people. So it's a big question, but what is going on here? And why does this seem to be the elephant in the room today that so many people are talking about under their breath, but so few people are really doing anything about? Because, I mean, our kids are our future, right? Yeah, they absolutely are. Uh, You know, all the statistics back up that fact uh, that you mentioned as far as uh, the issues that kids are dealing with today that are bringing them into short-term psychiatric hospitals, uh, long-term programs like Shepherd's Hill Academy, uh, and, you know, in counseling therapy. But I think the biggest problem is that people, including many so-called child care and, and parenting professionals, they just don't know what to do anymore. I mean, the world's gotten a lot more complicated in the last uh, 10 years or so uh, because some of the professionals have actually been, with all good intentions, and we know where that road is paved to, sure. uh, they've been complicit in, in a lot of it. And I, I hate to say that, but uh, they just have. And as I've said in, in so many previous programs uh, here on License to Parent, uh, many of our kids' problems stem from or at the very least, fueled by a problem systemic to our morally decadent and declining American culture. And though there are many people who somehow see America as a better place than it was 40 or 50 years ago, uh, our kids are growing up in an absolutely insane society that has swapped a handful of problems for a smaller number of people. Uh, Not that that makes it any better. Uh, But we've swapped these problems for a whole lot more problems involving a whole lot more people. Mm -hmm. And these are problems that have become Orwellian-type problems, like redefining the rules of reality. Yeah. Uh, But unfortunately and incredibly, uh, the vast, uh, dare I say, majority of of, um, the American citizenry have adjusted to it. I mean, we've adjusted to the insanity. Well, I'd I'd like to challenge that word adjusted. Okay. (laughs) We've not adjusted well. Haven't adjusted well. I didn't say we'd adjusted well. But we've adjusted to it. And and just because we've adjusted to it doesn't make it any less sick. Yeah. America is now an environment conducive for growing mental illness, okay, for for actually cultivating it, for for fertilizing mental illness. 
And that's how I and, and a lot of other people uh, like me uh, see it, including former Education Secretary Bill Bennett, who, you know, 10 years ago said America is rapidly becoming the kind of nation that civilized nations send missionaries to. Right, whereas we used to be the sending nation. Right. But I say that that, that much of this de-civilization uh, and or mental illness is too often little more than the natural consequences of sin, uh, sin that today's society has actually, again, normalized. It's all proving that sin can make you sick uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Scriptures yeah. replete with that idea. Uh, but you're never going to find anything mentioned about sin in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, the, the Bible of the mental health industry. Romans 12.2 says, though, that we shouldn't conform to the patterns of this world. You know, that was written 2,000 years ago. And so there was a, quote, this world 2,000 years ago and 2,000 years before that and before. So what we're experiencing today is nothing new, but it is new to America. Yeah. And you and I as 50, 60-year-old people uh, aren't used to this as right. as are most 50 or 60 year old people one thing i see uh within the the immediate world around us and this happens in politics it happens in the education system it happens as parents as well especially if you've got multiple kids is we are rather than following a set of rules or guidelines if you will and i use that term carefully mm -hmm. in talking about biblical precepts right things that God has already put in, into effect, we decide we need to make our own rules. Yeah. And so that's why, politically speaking, we see lawmakers making more and more rules to cover things that we already have rules and laws about. <laughs> right. But the bottom line is it's a hard issue, and that has to be dealt with first. It is a hard issue. And we have to remember where this whole change in the corporate good being subordinate to the individual good started. It was postmodern thought of the 1960s. We talk about that a lot here in this program. But our young people are buying into this. Yes. And it, and it makes it all the more credible when their higher and now lower education is indoctrinating them with this, these ideas. Mm. This is the kind of world that we've created. So we have no grounding for people to put their, their feet on uh, a reference point to determine what right and wrong, good and evil are. Well, and the way this is hampering us as parents, the way it has come into the home, I think, is also largely through the education system in this regard. Um, when some person in the past recognized, you know, there is a problem with abuse that's going on, people mm -hmm. being spanked too hard, leaving bruises, yeah. creating problems. That's subjective, too. Yes, it is. But, you know, there was this move in the school, we're no longer going to have corporal punishment. Well, that's a policy, not a law, because it's still no, no, a law, no. even in Georgia. Understood, understood. But what I'm saying is the mindset was, well, we need to find alternative ways to discipline the children. Mm -hmm. Well, then that leads to discipline itself taking on a bad connotation, as opposed to correcting and guiding. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we can't do anything to punish. Well, then that filters down, trickles down into the home mm -hmm. where parents start saying, oh, it's it's wrong to discipline my children. Right. We don't want to hamper their spirit. Well, well, no, you don't want to kill their spirit, but you do want to guide their being. You right. want to train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah, and I don't want our listeners to think that we believe that spanking is the end all to discipline because it's only one oh, no, small no. part of right. it. Right. But it's an important part. Spark plug is only one small part of your $30,000 automobile, but without them, 
that car is not running. Right. And so what we've done is we've pretty much shackled ourselves so that we can't even do the job that God has called us to do. Right. And teachers can't do the job that they're called to do. Employers can't. You know, when you let one consequence dictate everything that precedes it, all of a sudden you've got a lot of unintended consequences Here comes the house up. of cards. Yes. And it all comes falling down. And yep. that's, that is, wouldn't you agree that that is pretty much what we're seeing now? Yeah. And, and But see, it goes back to that Romans 12-2 mandate. That admonition that says we should not conform to the patterns of this world, okay, this sin-sick world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, we as Christians are to acquire the mind of Christ, and then regardless of what the culture is doing, regardless of what the law is saying, we have got to conform to the patterns of Christ's mind. Uh, because this is a guy who said, love your neighbor as yourself, do unto others, others as you would have them do unto you. Okay, so... Logically speaking, uh, uh, that taken to its logical end makes for a pretty darn good place to live uh, live in this world. Um, but we have conformed to the patterns of this world as Christians, and we're paying the price for it, just like the secular uh, world is. And I don't remember who said it, but someone said, it's not a sign of good health when we become well-adjusted to a sick society. Right. And by well-adjusted, you know, we can, we can split hairs and say, well, we haven't become that uh, well-adjusted because we have not. But I think I understand what, what this guy's talking about. And today, the number of kids on medication for behavioral issues is scandalous. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know of any kids, you know, when I was, uh, you know, in elementary school who were on any medications at all. I don't remember the exact percentages, but when millions of kids are on some kind of mood-altering medication, that alone ought to sound an alarm bell. But too often it doesn't. Question, could it be it's because too many people in the mental health industry and the pharmaceutical industry are getting rich, creating mood-altering products that are anesthetizing kids and pacifying parents at the same time? Yeah. Well, Trace, uh, folks who are regular listeners to this program have no doubt noticed that we don't have a guest today. It's just the two of us in the studio. And, of course, we've been speaking from, from the heart about what we feel are many of the issues that are leading to some of the problems in the home these days for American families. And uh, ultimately, over the course of this program and the next one, we want to help people decide what their best course of action is, help parents decide that on behalf of their kids and their families. And residential programs, certainly, that that's not always what is needed, but we want to help you understand how to make that decision. So sure. for the rest of the day, I want to talk about some of the preliminary things we need to do to try to head off residential care. But then on our next program, uh, we're going we're gonna to take you through the residential process. What's involved? How much does it cost in general? The who, what, where, why, and how thing. All of that. So yeah. that'll be on our next program. But anyway, we'll be back with more conversation on today's License to Parent about how to head off the need for residential care when we come back. Stay with us. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. 
you'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program working with teens in crisis and, as you've probably gathered over time of listening to this program, working with their families as well because it is a holistic approach. You can't just treat one person. You've got to treat the, the whole environment there. But Trace, as, as I said before the break, residential care isn't for everyone, nor is it needed for everyone, especially if we as parents can get proactive on the front end. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you talk about some of the other resources we as parents might want to go to. You've talked about extended family and uh, perhaps your church, uh, maybe needing to get in with an appropriate uh, Christian counselor. Uh, walk us through some of this, though. If if we're parents and we're recognizing, okay, I have taken some wrong turns along the way here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have bought into false premises about discipline or about um, any other number of things, and I want to re-gear so that I'm yeah. parenting with a biblical worldview, but I need help. Yeah. Where do I turn first? Well, I think first, of course, you go to the Lord, and uh, that's obvious, and and uh, you go to his word. Uh, Proverbs is full of uh, parenting wisdom, uh, wisdom in general. Uh, you go to your extended family, those who seem to be raising successful families of their own. Uh, seek counsel there. Your church body, uh, same thing. Uh, parents who seem to be raising successful families of their own. Uh, your pastor, youth pastor, uh, but there comes a time when you know maybe you need to seek professional counseling, and and then beyond that, uh, maybe you do need a therapist uh, to mm-hmm. check into some things. But I would make sure that the therapist or the and the counselor uh, are people who are committed to Jesus Christ and a biblical worldview. Taking it back to bringing in the first line of defense, let's say extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, are we just going to them to get advice or would you recommend having them come in and be working with your child, you know, son or daughter on mm-hmm. some way? I'd start with the advice. Okay. And then if things just keep escalating in the home, 
you orchestrate a, uh, I don't know if I call it an intervention, but a situation where people that both you and Junior respect, maybe yeah. even some of Junior's better peer group, uh, from someone from his youth group perhaps, someone in your church, he's going to push back against that. She's going to push back against that more than likely. And sometimes it's just impossible to do. I mean, people just aren't available, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would definitely uh, bring these people into the equation because, re- remember, uh, you want the best bang for your buck, okay? And right. usually friends and relatives and church family and pastors uh, can do this thing without uh, straining your wallet. But when you get into residential care, and that, and, and, and you, you want to do that when all else has been exhausted, there's an old saying that the gospel's free, uh, but discipleship can cost. And residential uh, care, well, point. Yeah. there's a lot of things that go into residential care uh, that are going to take finances to get done. Right. Uh, at Shepherd Hill, for example, uh, you know, we have our education, our school, our academy, Shepherd Hill Academy. Uh, we, we have to feed the, the kids. We have to make sure everything's insured. We have to adhere to everything the state requires to keep our doors open in the first place. And that's, sure. that's no small task. But, you know, you've got licensed therapists and other professionals, field staff, teachers, food service personnel, uh, on and on it takes to run a small city. I mean, Shepherd Hill has twice as many staff as we do kids. And that helps to create that authoritative community model. But it also is what it takes to bring healing to some of these kids, uh, to all these kids. You know, mom and dad are overwhelmed uh, by the time a child is is a candidate for a place like Shepherd's Hill Academy. And it's not going to be fixed with, you know, an hour a week in a a therapeutic office. Um, This is a full frontal holistic attack, if you will, on Junior's well-being. And uh, that's what we can offer as a residential program that uh, some of the best professionals by themselves cannot because you're talking about a 24-7, 365-day approach here right? uh, with all these these people who are very well-balanced, healthy, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. uh, And these are the type of people that the children here at Shepherd's Hill are surrounded with on a daily basis, creating that authoritative community model to where they realize, wow, you know what? My parents aren't the only one to think this way. And because they're basically, for a lack of a better term, and I hope people take this the way it's intended, are forced to do the right thing. It jumpstarts these kids into making it their idea or they realize that, you know, I can choose what I want to do. I can rebel against all this. Okay, what I can't choose is the consequences for what I do. So if I do something stupid like pick a mushroom randomly in the pasture when a counselor's back might be turned for a moment and I swallow it hoping to get a, you know, a psilocybin high, but instead I'm rushed to the hospital uh, because I did something stupid. Well, you know what? You made the choice to eat the mushroom but you can't choose the consequences of that mushroom might be a poison one or not. Right. And there's, I mean, that's just one scenario of a million that I could give you as to what kids are learning while they're here. But there are also good consequences. So you do the right thing. There are good consequences for that. We don't really call sure. them consequences. We call them results, results or benefits <laughs> or, you know, uh, blessings. Yes. And once a kid gets uh, used to the fact that, you know what? I deserve a blessing here. I deserve a, a reward for this. Not that they deserve it in the sense of an entitlement, but you know, it's they, they realize that that's just the natural consequence of doing something right. If I've helped a fellow student or a counselor in this or that or the other project, 
by golly, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. And, uh, of course, that flip sides on the negative side of things, too. So a year of that, surrounded by, you know, you're not getting any Snoop Dogg or Eminem or Cardi B or Chance the Rapper or Lil Wayne. You're not getting uh, the multitudes of uh, late-night talk shows and, and sitcoms and movies that are destroying your worldview, that, that, are, that are enticing you to acquire appetites for things that are uh, compelling you to be rebellious, mm. uh, to make that flesh feel good. What you're finding out is your flesh is going to feel good after your spirit starts feeling good and starts yeah. growing inside you and all these intellectual and psychological things that uh, are, are making you a better person. You really like yourself better and, and you, you're standing up straight. And as uh, Jordan Peterson, your shoulders are back. You're, you, you respect yourself and everyone else is going to respect you more uh, that you encounter. And these are people who are worth earning respect from. Sure. And these aren't just your, your drug dealers or your, uh, your people bullying you on the internet who you're trying to impress. These are people who are genuinely deserving of respect. And, and uh, that's some of the things that y- you can't really get at home all the time. Um, yeah. and, and maybe you can't even get it with your extended family because maybe they live in different parts of the country. Sure. And, and I got to tell you, uh, the other part of that equation is You've got to be really discerning to who your Christian mental health helper is because there's a lot of them who sold themselves out to a lot of falsely, proven falsely approaches to mental health and, and psychological health. And they're going to give you some of those Christian helpers, some of those will give you no spiritual help or counsel. I think we all know people who may go to church with us or may have gone to church with us, and you see them in church and they behave a certain way. You see them outside of church. Don't think your kids don't see that. Well, what I was going to say is I remember the first time I encountered a person who really lived life as if Christ made a world of difference. And uh, that was so eye-opening to me. That 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 was what turned my life around was mm-hmm. seeing, oh, wow, wait a minute. It's more than just for Sunday. Right. So what we're talking about is counselors who adhere to the biblical worldview, not not just in, oh, yeah, I believe in God too right. and, and I'll pray for you. And not just speaking it. Right, exactly. It's that let's take a biblical approach um, to healing. They're living with these kids, for crying out loud. Yeah. And not only that, but they're sharing some of their own personal struggles and, and uh, interpersonal relationships outside Shepherd's Hill Academy. Maybe they got a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and uh, they, they share, you know, the things that they're going through and what's keeping them on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Uh, so they're modeling it before these kids in, in myriad different ways. Let me jump back to something you said earlier, and that was uh, talking about pushback that you're going to get from your kids mm-hmm. if you say we're going to bring in some intervention or we're going to have Uncle Stanley come and, and speak to you, son. Um, you do get pushback. What is the best way to counter that in a productive way? Yeah. Because you can say you're going to do it because I said so, and sometimes that is the answer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in order for it to really, you know, if you force a person into counseling, the counseling is far less apt to be effective right. than if you can get the person to recognize, you know, some counseling here or some help here is really necessary. Yeah. So how do we approach that? Well, I mean, it's, uh, because I said so, it uh, should be an answer, but uh, it's not going to work because you're talking about a trouble kid. You're talking about a kid that's already breached the respect factor right. with you. And so you're going to have to come with some... Uh, 
uh, constructive ways of doing that, maybe a reward for doing that. Listen, if you'll just talk to, you know, Mr. So-and-so and, and mom and me and uh, maybe Mr. So-and-so's kid, um, we'll, we'll go to the show uh, Friday night or we'll, we'll do this or whatever. Uh, I don't see any problem with that. There comes a time where you, where you may have to say, well, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, and um, uh, if not, then here's the consequences. You yeah. lose the keys of the car or, you know, whatever. Uh, you have to do what, what works for that particular individual. Yeah. Well, give me a teaser for our next program here. In the next one, we want to talk about what happens when you've actually crossed the bridge to the point where you need residential care. Can you give me an idea of what that looks like? Well, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a series of in investigations that parents are going to have to go through. I mean, you're not going to want to send your kid to just any old place. You're going to want to make sure that they're reputable, that they're a Christ-centered program. They're not just a Christian program because the devil's a Christian. We know that. Um, you're going to make sure that they're, they're properly credentialed. You're going to want to make sure that you get testimonies from the parents uh, and the kids who have been there. You definitely want to visit the program. You know, I, I guess that would be a really good start right there. Uh, but but certainly, I wouldn't go to the first program that you investigate. Hmm. Shop around. There are plenty of them out there. I realize that there are finances and geographic uh, barriers to some parents. You know, if you're in Texas, you might want to go to a program in Texas. If, if you know, if you're uh, in California, you might want to go to a program in California. But you may not find what you're looking for in those places. And uh it's not unusual at all for people to go halfway around the planet to, to find the right place for their yeah, child. Yeah. And it's a season. It's not for all eternity that this is going to happen. And sometimes that's a very hard season. It's a but. real hard season. And I hear so often from parents giving my child to people I don't really know and putting all my trust and, and in some cases all my finances, my retirement, whatever, into this one year. It's like losing my child to a death. I yeah. hear that very term over and over and over again. But it usually takes a couple months uh, before they start seeing the light and they realize it was an investment because yeah. uh, these kids are ultimately going to be the ones that put you in the nursing home someday. <laughs> you know, maybe it is an investment. That maybe yeah. it is an investment. And, and I know it sounds like a sales pitch on my part. I just know that there are a lot of kids that are not getting residential care uh, because parents don't see the grander scheme of things yeah. because they are emotionally involved. And I totally understand that. I'm not faulting any parent for feeling that way. I, I would probably feel the same way. Hmm. Well, that does wrap up today's edition of Licensed to Parent. And as we've mentioned, we are the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, the program we've been talking about today. In our remaining moments, let me ask you for a little bit of help. If you know a family that may need residential care for their teen, would you please spread the word about Shepherd's Hill? To learn more about what we offer and for your friend to be able to speak to someone who's ready to listen and offer help and encouragement, just go to our website. You can go to licensedtoparent.org. There's a link right there for Shepherd's Hill Academy. And uh, tell them to click it, to look into it, to, to see about contacting one of our representatives to find out more about the residential care that is available here through Shepherd's Hill. Also, would you consider helping us financially? Trace has mentioned several times the incredible cost of residential care, and that's not just here. That's in any program because you're talking about 
licensed counselors. You're talking about, well, residential care. You're talking about cases where the staff does outnumber the students being helped. Residential care is not cheap. Money is often a barrier for some families to get the help they need. Your tax-deductible donation in any amount can go a long way to helping other families in the name of Christ. You can donate securely online by clicking the Donate tab at LicensedToParent.org. And lastly, if you'd like to have Trace come to your area to speak to your church or other organization, or if you'd like to bring Raising Healthy Kids in the Digital Age to your area, just click the contact link on our website. And again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our technical producer on Licensed to Parent is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.